together. It's very dangerous for all men involved. First time it's ever been on television other than a pay-per-view. It's showtime, folks! The Triple Cage will be constructed around the ring. Russo's Revenge. Two teams of four men. Vince Russo, Scott Steiner, Kevin Nash, and Jeff Jarrett. Who's gonna stop us? Against the Cat, Sting, Booker T, and Goldberg with the world's heavyweight title on the line. You better watch your because you're next. It is going to be the most intimidating, the most imposing steel structure that you've ever seen. What sane man would want to get in a bout like that? Who's going to be the champion? The first to get to the world's heavyweight title Monday night. Call it War Games 2000. Russo's Revenge. Wow. Dallas, Texas. The doors of Reunion Arena opened at 4 a.m. this morning. Dallas time so they can construct the triple cage that tonight eight men will go in but one man will emerge the WCW champion who will that be that was earlier today and now you'll see Vince Russo leading the charge in his boys his teammates they're ready to go for tonight's feature event on Nitro again and welcome to another episode of the retro wrestling podcast i'm intern alex joined as always by the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history patrick young and patrick as i mentioned last week fall had finally started to arrive and it really feels like it this week because the temperatures have dropped sadly florida got hit with a massive hurricane but in uh, the wake of the hurricane going off to our east that brought us winds and low temperatures and high pressure and beautiful weather Yes, it has cooled off tremendously. Yes, I haven't had to run the AC or the heat. We've been having the windows open. It's been perfect. Yeah. It's like urban camping, but a terrible scene in Florida. Mexico Beach totally demolished. Panama City. Panama City is really, I mean, what little bit is left is, is going to take a very long time to get rebuilt. What was crazy about some of that aerial footage, though, is, you know, they cruise the beaches and you see uh, it looks like a bomb went off. But then, uh, you know, there's always like one structure that's just totally untouched. Yeah. It's sort of like how tornadoes work, you know, how sometimes a whole neighborhood can be wiped out and there's one house that is totally untouched. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching, I believe it was CNN, and they were doing a live feed from inside a hotel room while the storm was going on and they were looking out their balcony window when there's this building across the street and just all at once it peeled the entire roof off of this building just like a can of sardines or something it was completely crazy and uh but i mean just the devastation from the pictures that i've seen uh, 
like pineapple willies and, and, you know, the original and things like that. Just Panama City Beach and that whole area right through there is just completely leveled. Outside of Savannah, it's like the closest beach to us, basically. It's like... Yeah, it's like four and a half hours or something, or uh, it's five like, hours. It's, it's like six and a half, maybe oh, okay. seven. It's 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 still a long haul, but it... Uh, it's a lot better than going down to like Daytona or something. It's Yeah, Daytona's probably closer to eight. Yeah, I think you're right. It's more like six. Yeah. Right? More like six hours to get there. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a a terrible week weather-wise for them but around here it was uh nice which after the the flooding we got two weeks ago so we've had our share around here too it's just been uh a wild wild weather pretty much everywhere it's been weird and i got a feeling it's going to carry over and it's going to be a pretty wicked uh winter from what people are are talking about which is yeah i just don't i don't see it being snow i think it's going to be just Really cold. Bittery cold, yeah. But then it warms up when there's precipitation, and we just get rain. That's what always happens. It, yeah. It, it always goes that way. Yeah. This is October 14th. Tonight, Bound for Glory impacts big pay-per-view, but you went to a special wrestling show last night. Would you like to talk about that for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a promoter of mine from down in Georgia, uh, Woody, and he, he put on this great show. Uh, it was Arn Anderson's homecoming. He did it. Uh, for for Arn Anderson coming back to Rome, Georgia, where he grew up and where he's from, and it was just it was tremendous. Uh, for a rare chance for me to um, to go and catch up with friends, but also to get to meet someone who is a true inspiration to me personally, but throughout so many others, uh, in the likes of Arn Anderson. Uh, Ernest Miller was there, a good buddy of mine. I, re- I love Ray Lloyd uh, Glacier. Um, he was there. Uh, the Holler Famer, the Holla Holler Famer, uh, Teddy Long uh, was there. I st- spoke with Teddy, and uh, Teddy Long will be at SmackDown 1000. Yeah, a few of the other SmackDown GMs are confirmed as well, including Vicky Guerrero is going to be there. And it's the return of Rey Mysterio for his, the start of his two-year deal. His in-ring work, right? Yeah, he uh, he has a two-year deal. He has a qualifying match for the uh, World Cup of Wrestling, which we'll have to wait and see if that actually plays out. Uh, he might just have a match. Um, Kurt Angle out of nowhere gets you mean, in for this thing. The Conquistador. Yeah, the Conquistador, Kurt, yeah. The Conquistador Kurt Angle. Uh, yeah, which... We'll talk about the premise of the World Cup. It's so stupid. Uh, it's it's as stupid as the Greatest Royal Rumble in that nothing is on the line. You don't even get a number one contender's shot. You are called the best in the world, but the best in the world usually has the world title belt. You don't get a damn thing from it. You're not getting a no. trophy. You're not getting a... Well, you might get a trophy. A title shot or... or some, well, yeah, you might. They're not, yeah. as, they're not as cheap as they, they once were. Yeah, so, uh, they sometimes do give you props. Yeah, you know? but it's it's no better than me buying my world title belt on eBay or whatever. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's the same thing. So you also have Evolution, the group returning uh, right before the actual pay per view. Evolution uh, takes off, and the biggest story of the week: the return in ring competition. Shawn Michaels. That's right. The uh, the second major comeback of this man's career. This man is now. As you mentioned before, 
Terry Funk, watch out because Shawn Michaels might be coming up. for your uh, catch up out of retirement matches. Yeah, his, his Terry Funk's eighteen returns out of retirement. Shawn's up to three now, so we're gonna see. Yeah, yeah, he lost his smile. He broke his back, and now he just uh, wants to uh, break a promise. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I have no interest in this tag team match. I, really, I, I don't either. Like I'm not going. I don't want to watch it. That uh, Super Showdown match was not very uh, good. I, I didn't even watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it was just very slow. You know. I mean, but the guy. I mean, I look. I understand. I understand. They're they're older gentlemen, and they've been through Taker, a lot. Taker's getting up there. Like, well, Taker's- yeah. Well, Taker and Sean are the same age, fifty three. So, uh, but Taker has been, you know, active the last eight years and Sean has not and Sean is well rested and has been at the training center and yeah uh you know Taker's been having hip replacement and knee replacement and uh in that out of character interview he did with uh Ed Young or whatever he, you can tell he's he's a little out of shape Undertaker I yeah. mean he's still age is catching up with him quickly I just hope that this isn't a one-off for Sean Michaels to burn it on a tag team match a DX reunion to sell T-shirts. Yeah, no, and then I really just to hope go we away. get. I hope we get a, a Sean singles at a, especially at WrestleMania, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, WrestleMania or anywhere really. I mean, yeah, just but it would make more sense for WrestleMania. But that's of course if Crown Jewel even happens. Some controversy this week, not within the WWE, but uh, worldwide controversy as there was a reporter who went into the Turkish embassy and was uh, allegedly, uh, allegedly, allegedly, uh, I don't want any trouble with the Saudi Arabian government, but apparently uh, they seem to think that this man was uh, killed inside the embassy somehow. Oh, wow. And uh, never came back out. And so this has become a now worldwide issue with U.S. senators calling for American companies to quit doing business. Uh, You have... Uh, President Trump saying there will be a retaliation if this, if there's proof that this happened, and uh, so now the WWE has sort of stumbled into this, and this is in addition to the the regular controversy, which is that you can't have women on the show, you can't have the Balor Club with the rainbow stuff, and you can't have, uh, you know, all the restrictions that are all, all the controversy, all the human rights stuff that people complain about when they go there. Anyway, yeah. now you have this on top of it, and it's been, you mentioned it was removed from the WWE.com list of events, but you and I are both in agreement that we think it's going to happen. It's going to happen, yeah. I would be shocked if it doesn't, because they, uh, it's like you said, they have an, a very high amount of money to pay back. <laughs> If well, yeah, there's a lot of money on the table. If, they signed a huge contract, 10 the, years. Yeah, if they don't follow through with this to some degree, and it's three shows in 10 years, right? It's like two shows every year for 10 years, so 20 oh, shows overall. And I think they have to be broadcast. They shouldn't have made that deal. That's, well, but that's a lot of money. I mean, uh, That's a bad deal. They should uh, not have bad, because now the situation like this is a rose, and... Linda McMahon works on the cabinet of the president, and the president, yeah, the Small saying, Business Administration. The yeah. president saying, "Listen, I don't want people going on with this. You can't really have your own cabinet, you know, owner sending her business over there." 
I mean, because it, it, as much as you would love to say it's not hers, it's Vince. Listen, it's the McMahon families. And so it, it is much her business as it is Stephanie's and Triple H's as much as Vince's and, Sh- and uh, Shane's. Um, the McMahon family owns WWE. Well, yeah. And to be sending, to be having your own cabinet member send, you know. Their company. Their company, their personal company over there to do business after the president saying no, you're getting into some very political stuff that I see. It's not a good idea. It's not. Yeah. And and that's nothing against me personally by saying you shouldn't do it because you can't have women on the show or nothing like that. That's just me saying in general, it's a very bad idea. If these, if this has happened, we don't know. Let's be very specific. We are not aware if this has truly happened or not. If there is any truth to it at all, you don't want to put yourself, your company, and others at risk by going over there. Well, not only that, you don't want to uh, look like you're condoning that sort of behavior by going over there. Not even a safety issue for your performers, because, I mean, I'm sure WWE does a great job of keeping them safe and saying, stay in your hotel room or whatever. Yeah. But... Yeah, it looks like you're condoning that, oh, this journalist wrote stuff about the Saudi Arabian government they don't like, and they took care of it, and we're condoning that by going over there. Yeah. So, and as much as, you know, this company's so obsessed with their image, you know, I mean... Yeah, this is not one that you want to... I'm all for pushing a negative image to some degree on certain topics that we've had, we've come across in the past, like, oh, well, fuck it, it's not worth it, you know, that kind of thing. This is one that they do not need to pursue. I just my personal opinion. I think that I do think that they will do a show over there because Vince is a very stubborn individual and he sticks to his guns. But you he's know, an, he's an old fashioned man as well. That if he gives you his word, it's his bond. He believes that, and he will follow through or die trying. Well, it's it's always yeah, hell or high water. Nothing's gonna stop this man. And he's always felt like an underdog, an outsider, and he doesn't want to cave to, you know, pressure from outsiders to say, don't do this, because, you know, Vince has always done it his way. And, but if Linda says to Vince, okay, this is, it's too hot right now. It's just too hot of a situation. I mean, I do see them going back to Saudi Arabia, but... But they may cancel this show. Or, or put it off. Yeah, or yeah, because they can they can easily move this World Cup tournament to a different location and delay even you could even delay the DX and Brothers of Destruction match until you get around to Saudi well, we Arabia. We talked about it last week, Wembley Stadium. They could very easily move this to Wembley Stadium, and the return of Sean, you know as well as I do, Wembley Stadium will sell out. I mean, well this the UK. I mean the UK. Uh, they're getting NXT UK is starting this week. They just announced NXT UK tag team uh, titles. So more belts you love, more belts. God. And uh, this would be a great way of kind of cross-promoting that to have a big event because they haven't had a big stadium show over there. In I mean, quite a while. Yeah, really long time. I mean, even when they were running Insurrection and those kind of events, they were still in smaller arenas. I mean, yeah. not you know, Georgia Dome sized arenas. I always go back to the Georgia Dome just because That's where our hearts our heart lies. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, R. I. P. Yeah. 
I think it would be wise to... I mean, they're still two weeks away, and this situation could be resolved, or it could be, you know, if it's out of the news, then... Well, there's a lot going on federal yeah. government-wise that we are not privy to. Right. It could be very easily that the FBI and the CIA come to, to them and say, listen, we don't want you doing this. And if that becomes a federal problem on that end as well, it could be shut down whether Vince wants to do it or not. Right. There's lots of things that could happen. The U.S. is already talking about imposing sanctions on Saudi Arabia and stuff, so yeah. it might not even be up to him. And, yeah. Uh, he will not take that lightly, but they will return to the country at some point. But Whether or not it's in two weeks like it was planned. We don't right. Know. Yeah. But, so uh, it's a very fluid situation, but this... Uh, it's a terrible story about this this uh, this reporter, this journalist. His wife was waiting in the car for him, and she said, "See you, see you in a second, because he was just going to run in and grab some paperwork, and he never came out. And you know, just like the Brian Lawler death, uh, security cameras they just happened to not be working, you know, at the time yeah. of the incident. So, uh, just terrible stuff there. So, anyway." Uh, moving on, uh, shifting gears. I hate that term in news. They use it all the time, but uh, we got to talk about other news. Well, going back, I want to finish about uh, last night because I, I don't want to skim over it. I had a blast and a rare opportunity. I sat down with J.J. Dillon. You uh, wore your Four Horsemen jersey. You were you were prepared to join. I was. I was going to become the new member of the Four Horsemen. Uh, but then you were just going to swerve them a week later and join the NWO. Everyone knows that. Oh, well, you know, Kurt Henning did it. Well, it's, if it's good enough for Kurt, it's good enough for me. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it was a uh, it, hanging out with friends. Like I said, Teddy Long, Ernest Miller, Ray Lloyd. Uh, who's Glacier, if you don't know. Um, Bullet Bob Armstrong, a man who I hadn't seen in years. It was awesome to catch up with Bullet Bob. and Well, a lot of these guys live in the uh, area. Around so. the area, yeah. And then J.J. Uh, Magnum T.A. was supposed to have been there, unfortunately, due to travel problems. He wasn't able to make it. Uh, but uh, J.J. Dillon, who I hadn't seen in a couple of years, it was awesome to catch up with J.J. as well. But to be able to sit in a corner while the show was going on and just to pick the brain of J.J. Dillon and Arn Anderson for a few minutes and just to get to, you know, learn from that. You know, if you're in this business and you think you know what you, you know all you need to know, you're an idiot. You, you never stop learning in pro wrestling. And so... For uh, for me, it was a great experience. It was uh, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to meet one of my heroes. Uh, we talked about it on here when I do wrestle, because yes, I actually do wrestle, not just ref. Uh, I wrestle left-handed in in honor of Arn Anderson, and because I'm ambidextrous, and that's just how that's how it is. And so uh, it's it's just. It's how much I care about that man. It's how much that I idolize that man because he just did so much. He was the working man's wrestler, and uh, and so it was very it was cool. It was a very awesome night, and to be able to spend time with him and catch up with him even later after the show and spend a few minutes with him and uh, uh, it was it was just cool and it was an. He's had a very long career uh, between. WCW and then becoming a road agent for the WWE and lasting this long. I mean, yeah, 
continuous employment. I mean, yeah. very, very rare. I mean, even at times this company's gotten rid of, you know, people like Pat Patterson for short periods of time, but Arn Anderson came in uh, after or during the invasion and stuck around ever since. So and he's been there. Yeah, it's um, uh, it was an honor. I got to meet his wife as well last night, and it was an honor to meet meet her. Now it just Arn Anderson is the man in my book. Arn Anderson is the guy, and there will. Uh, I mean, there there's a few handful that you put up there as legends, higher personal legends that each individual one may have. You know, nowadays their kids are going to say Roman Reigns or John Cena or whatever. But you know, Arn Anderson is in that select few for me personally, and so he was. He was. It was cool. It really was an awesome night, and someone who definitely deserves a lot of prestige and honor for the sacrifices of his body that he has done and gone through and the pain he has dealt with for years uh, building up to his retirement uh, due to injuries from this this sport that we love. Uh, it's very, it's a very hard thing to see but it's it's a very passionate thing to see as well as you see a man who did it because he loves what he does oh a tremendous uh technical wrestler and a guy that took the business very very seriously I mean, he does this, this is a guy that on that four horseman dvd they produced a few years ago would not break kayfabe you know and uh, uh very very serious a very different kind of wrestler uh in his promo style a guy that that spoke straight to you. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't an exaggerated, you know, Ric Flair, you know, yeah. big, big overproduction. It wasn't Psycho Sid whispering. It wasn't, you know, uh, all different, you know, let me tell you something, brother. No, I mean, Arn would just very seriously, like, like, almost like a, uh, I would compare his promo style to like a dad that's like very angry with you about something yeah. you did. Like, that's what Arn yeah. Anderson, uh, and just and if it wasn't for Arn, there would be no Horseman. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. He came up with the name. He coined the phrase when he uh, when the they were all aligned right there at the Omni on TBS, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and you know he says, "Listen, you're looking at the Four Horsemen of Apocalypse, the new generation." You know, and he's talking about and he holds up the four fingers. And it stuck. Well, I mean, in addition to that, I mean, the reason groups of wrestlers are called a stable is because the horses go to the stable. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the horsemen are and will forever be uh, the greatest faction, in my eyes, of all time. And um, Not the Shield? Are you sure? Yeah. Because, I mean, the WWE said the Shield was number one. Well, so. they can kiss my ass on that one. <laughs> uh, but just, I mean, just to be able to, like I said, sit in a corner and pick his brain and learn from from a man who has so much still mentally to give to the business and, uh, and to help, you know, guys like coming up in NXT as well. I think he's... He's not really given publicly that admiration, but I put him in the role of Dusty Rhodes now in the NXT, mentally helping these kids 
going out there saying you can do this, but what if you do this in a promo? Well, he this was involved gonna... in creative for a long time in WCW right. as well, so he he understands. So and so he can say that, and he can say, you know, what if you do this and help help you know helping this this next generation of young kids that are in the business learn. Yeah, did you ask him why he wasn't in uh, WWE 2K19? I did not. We did not oh, get into okay. the to the game. However, uh, I f- I found a downloadable. Arn Anderson this week, so that looks pretty good. It looks just like out of the game, so we'll have to pull it up here in a few minutes and uh, make sure you get it. Our listeners were were waiting uh, with bated breath to see whether you would receive your copy. Of I did. K nineteen. I did. I and was it. it the Woo edition? It was. I messaged you Monday. I was ten a.m. on my front porch. They met me at the door with it. It was the Woo edition. I got the uh, the WCW purple robe, just like you did, with a bead in mine as well. That's odd. Uh, yeah. that, that starts to make me think that uh, all the pieces look the same. But but uh, I got that, and then uh, but it was just it was cool. It was uh, it was very awesome. And uh, after talking through with them, I got my money back on my first go around. So we're we're square. Wow. We're square. We're even. We're done. We're fixed. We're finished. So the the drama with your Woo edition has finally come to it an end. It has come to an end. Now, what do you think of the game so far? What's your review? Uh, it's ups and downs, man. Ups and downs. I played through the uh, my player mode and played through the entire year long that they give you for. 20- Is that the story where you start as uh, the in the indies in yeah, the gym? And, yeah, and you. Oh. So I, and that was. I think it's very well. Be on your best toes. <laughs> get your guy up as quick as you possibly can as it pertains to Yeah, get stats. those stats up, yeah. Because, man, when you hit that three-on-one handicap match on, on a Raw, man, it, that took me, like, literally three days to, to beat. But uh, I've played through the entire thing. It was very... It, I enjoy that section. It's very well done. I'm up to, uh, for, for Daniel Bryan's career, I'm up to Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Oh, okay, and I can't yeah. get past that that match. I, like I can't. He hits me with a choke slam out of nowhere right after I hit the the diving headbutt from the uh, yeah the flying goat. Oh yeah, from the from this the little um, pallet up there that you know you raise the pallet up and you hit the flying goat off. All the right, top. right. Well, that's almost towards the end of uh, you've you've almost reached the end because okay. that's towards the the later. The later part of the showcase. Mode. As soon as I hit that man, he turns around, he hits me with a choke slam, and that's it. And I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> well, what was funny is it took me a long time to beat the match, but I only had to play through it once because you you had to pin in the ring or whatever. But he yeah. hit me with a, a thousand choke slams in the backstage area, but he couldn't pin me, and he yeah. couldn't drag me all the way back to the arena. Right. So I got him back in there, and I was able to to beat him, but. Yeah, I, it was really frustrating. That's cause... a rough section to get through. Um, I've played through Flair's Tower. Uh, just messed around with it a little bit. I love the five-man. I love that they've added on that. Uh, they've opened it up now for like eight-man. You can have um, eight-man tag team matches where it's... But it's two on two on two on two or whatever we... 
we screwed around with that the other week. Well, yeah, and the, and that the frame rate stays high. It doesn't slow the game down like yes. it did last year. I uh, don't like the white backdrop, though. Man, oh, on the menu screens, yeah. It's washed out. And I didn't realize it until you pointed it out to me, and I especially noticed it on my TV. It actually is not centered up. You're right. It doesn't take up the full screen. It's like, not a full screen, yeah. It's, it's weird, it's, yeah. It is weird. It's the only game that does that. Like, because I thought, okay, maybe it's something wrong with my system, and I saw them respond to a fan that said the same thing, and they were like, oh, go adjust your settings on your PlayStation. I'm like, I'm not doing that. None of my other games look like that. Yeah. So, maybe they had to shrink it to make the frame rate run a little smoother. That's probably my guess. Which, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's a very... You have to get to right up to the screen. It's like three inches, if that. Like, I mean... Yeah, it's okay. Um... I wouldn't even say three inches, would you? It's it's pretty small. Yeah. It's not really that far off. Commentary still terrible. Oh, man. I'll be honest with you. I haven't picked it back up since you were here last week. So I, I, uh, I've been playing a game that came out a few years ago called Mad Max. And uh, it's quite time-consuming because yeah. uh, the desert, the wasteland, as it's called, is very vast. And you have to do a lot of driving. And it's very repetitive, but for some reason, it's very addictive just to do the same repetitive thing over. I guess you could say that about WWE 2K19, too. I mean, a wrestling match is pretty repetitive. But I still haven't learned that uh, that new system with those two skills they give you or whatever, where you have, like... Yeah, I can't figure that shit out, either. I'm going to have to sit down with the tutorial mode or whatever and, and go back through that again. I I like the game. Uh, it's not a bad selection. We're... Of, uh, of talent, I wish we had more. I don't need 15 fucking different variations of Daniel Bryan, though. Even the Wyatt Family version. Yeah. I don't I don't need that. I really don't. You could have given me... It's the same entrance music. Or the multiple... Honestly... Multiple attires. Well, and the same thing, I... I yeah, I know. It just makes me have to scroll that much more. Two or three tops, multiple attires. They did the shit with Sting, and it's fine. Well, I don't... See, I don't even think Sting needs that many character models, because the 99 Sting, or whatever, the the black and white, and modern Sting, look the same. It's just one is lower rated than the other, and one comes out to a different theme song than the other, but... You could have two versions of Sting. Surfer Sting and Crow Sting, and you can flip them to red and black if you want to. And Surfer Sting, you can give them the different tights or whatever. Yeah. I just don't, yeah, I don't understand why they have to take up different... It's so they can say, oh, we've got 180 characters in the game, or whatever. When well, you, you've actually got 170 You with, would have if you hadn't took the Von Erichs, the Freebirds, and Arn Anderson out of the game. Yeah. It has its ups and its downs. We'll, uh... We'll, crit- we'll critique a little bit more as we go through, I'm sure. Yeah. But. Uh, I was able to sell my Funko, and I sold my Super Cards. I was not, by the way, like I said, I wasn't out to scalp these things to make huge money. It just ended up, they made good money. I made $77 off my Super Cards. I made $66 off my Funko. And then GameStop sent me an extra Ray Mysterio download code. I already got him, because it's in this... It's in the box, or whatever. Yeah. So, I sold that for $3, because I couldn't even give it away. I tweeted out, hey, 
do you need does someone need this? I'll just give you this code if you bought the standard edition. Apparently everybody pre ordered you know, anyone that wanted this game, I guess, pre ordered it. Yeah. Or just bought it you know, on PSN, like in the yeah. store. So no one wanted this thing, so I just I was like, Okay, well I guess I'll have to sell it and I'll sell it for a little less than what you can buy it for, so three bucks, so uh, yeah, the Wu edition has been very kind to me. It almost paid for itself after uh, I sold some of the, the stuff I didn't want. I thought about, no, you talked, you told me that I want to sell, I, I thought about it, but I just don't want to break up the, 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 the whole set. I, have you ever parted ways with any of your wrestling stuff? Never. <laughs> yeah. So I knew it was going to be a tough sell to try to get you to to part ways with some of your Wu edition stuff. Wanted to mention the passing of Don Leo Jonathan, who passed away at the age of 87, a second-generation performer. This is from the WWE. Jonathan was one of the most feared big men from his era. From the 50s throughout the 70s, the Hurricane Utah native was a box office attraction across the globe. Weighing as much as 340 pounds during his career, the Mormon Giants adaptability allowed him to wrestle a scientific match or brawl with the best of them, depending on the situation. More times than not, Jonathan spinning full Nelson would spell defeat for his opponents. He was six foot six. He had rivalries with the likes of Andre the Giant, Killer Kowalski, Gene Kaniski, and had multiple matches against Bruno San Martino and Pedro Morales at uh, Madison Square Garden. So, uh, sadly, a wrestler from... Uh, I'd, I'd say the silver era. I'm not going to say the golden era because some of his matches were in color. So, uh, But Don Leo Jonathan passes away at the age of 87 and we lose another wrestler. A member of the Observer Hall of Fame, a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club Hall of Fame. And I'm sure he'll probably be putting that uh, Legacy Wing video they do at the Hall of Fame this coming year. So. Yeah. But another guy that was alive all these years that the WWE just uh, didn't... They don't recognize. Nope. No time for that. I'm still waiting for Ivan Koloff. Yeah. You said Sasha Banks was cleared to return? She is. Oh, just in time for the Evolution pay-per-view. That's good news. And Alexa Bliss uh, has struggled with her injury, and so her match with Trish has now been changed to a tag team match. And I think it's actually more because... They might not want Lita in a singles match. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's Mickey James and Alexa taking on Lita and Trish Stratus. And the rumor is that Trish is contracted to do a few more matches afterwards. So, really? Yeah. Uh, so We might get another women's championship reign out of this little, little women's championship. I'm run. sure they would like to see her face Charlotte. I mean... As an intermediate feud to oh, Ronda. Oh, that would be huge, yeah. Because they're the most decorated, right? They have, they've had all the belts. Is so. it bad that I want to see Trish and Ronda? I don't want to see that because <laughs> Trish would get her ass kicked. Yeah, well, I think. I mean, that's the that's the part. That's the toughest part about selling opponents for Ronda. I mean, even Charlotte, who I like a lot, and Becky Lynch, and all the great wrestlers that have come up i mean we talked about it when we were discussing you know brie bell's incident a few weeks ago that that's the tough selling point with ronda is you're gonna have to make me believe like when she faces a giant like nia Jax, okay may, i can buy that nia Jax might be able to beat this lady she's gonna she's, well she's gonna be able to throw throw fists with her pretty well and she's got a size advantage yeah she's gonna rock her 
and uh, and somebody technically sounds like a Natalia, right? I can buy that as well. That can go hand to hand submission with her. Uh, I can't buy like Bailey and her. I, I just I don't. I, well, or the biggest, I mean, the one she won the belt from, Alexa Bliss. Like, she beat Alexa Bliss in, like, two seconds, which, well, I mean, three seconds, I guess. Well, she got a tap out, so it could have been two seconds. She beat her in no time. But she's, Alexa Bliss is so small, you know, it's just hard, yeah. it's hard for me to believe this judo bronze medalist is going to struggle against some of the people on the roster. Yeah. So, any time you pitch a match to me i'm gonna sit there and be like eh, i'm not sure you know but if they tell the story right then they can sell anything because that's what pro that's the great thing about pro wrestling right is david can beat goliath and sometimes goliath just squash well, that's the thing is we're getting ready to go into her and the bellas the her bell, and nikki her and nikki when the bell is turned on her like i was happy to see that happen because I was hoping this was the one slip up of where Bree was going to just knock the shit out of her. Because you know Rhonda took her off her ass. And Bree definitely would have got a receipt coming. And it should be one that she should already have coming for her screw ups the past couple of weeks. Yeah, so we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Uh, the Evolution card happening a week after NWA 70, so... There you go. We got a lot of, uh, and tonight, Bound for Glory. So we've Bound got a lot of events week after week uh, coming up here in the world of pro wrestling. What's the Bound for Glory card? Do we have a decent card? Does it look like shit? Does it? Well, Impact was in the news this week because Pop moved them back to 10 p.m. because they're, they're disappointed with the ratings. But if you look at their ratings, they're not that much lower than they were before. They get about 300,000 viewers as their max. Uh, a week, and they've dropped down to about 200,000, but also uh, they air on Thursday nights against an NFL game. Uh, they're on Pop TV, which is not in many homes. Uh, there's a lot of factors behind this. The product itself, I mean, is is probably the, the biggest culprit, but I mean, even then, uh, this is a deal with Pop TV that Pop TV doesn't pay them anything for the programming, so it's like, how can you be disappointed when this is a barter deal you give us your program for free and we run commercials during it. Like, yeah, who cares? Uh, and I saw a lot of tweets about this earlier and I'm just like, guys, you know, we, we come every around this time every year, there's always a story about impact and, you know, about all oh, this is it. This is the end of the road, <laughs> but it never comes to fruition. There, so there. I've given up on ever, Predicting that oh th this is it this this they sealed will, the deal they will survive the test of time they're like cockroaches yeah well one thing that kind of irritates me about Bound for Glory tonight is that fight the fight app is showing it for forty dollars who is going to pay forty dollars for Bound for Glory twenty eighteen I don't know so here's our matches for tonight. LAX taking on the OGs, which are the original LAX with Hernandez Homicide. Oh, and okay. King taking on the new LAX, Santana, Ortiz, and Conan. Uh, we have Austin Aries and Johnny Impact, who's on Survivor right now on CBS, by the way. He's and on Survivor. He's a cast member of Survivor. He's on the island. And yet, he, I guess he took... John Morrison. 
Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Impact. Ni- Johnny Nitro. Johnny jo- Nitro. Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo. Is now Johnny Survivor. He is on Survivor. No shit. Yeah. He is uh, taking on uh, Austin Aries for the Impact World Championship. We have Ohio versus Everything, which I've never heard of before. David Christ, Jake Christ, Sammy Callahan, who I remember from CZW, taking on Brian Cage, Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. That might be a good match. Eddie Edwards takes on Moose, and you're a big fan of Moose. Tessa Blanchard defends her Impact Knockouts Championship against Taya Valkyrie. I don't know who she is. Matt Seidel, uh, the former Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, takes on uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack with the help of Ethan Page in a tag team match. We have Allie versus Sue Young, and then Eli Drake will take on To Be Determined. I don't know what, what st- who gets in that match, but so this is from New York tonight. It's in the uh, it's in the Melrose Ballroom in Queens, New York. So Abyss. Went and in, going into the Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah, but was attacked by Austin Aries during the press conference. Wow. So, might be setting up... I got a feeling we're setting up for a best tonight for Austin Aries or something along those lines here. Yeah, might be a big uh, big surprise. Well, you know, when you get that Hall of Fame ring, you get special powers. I mean, it's we true. got ours in the mail last week, and we've had special powers ever since then. True. Uh, before we get into this week's review, which was my pick, as we are in fall, and I wanted something from Fall Brawl, but I didn't want to do a Fall Brawl because I couldn't do three hours of pro wrestling this week. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I wanted to mention, if you think that I'm slurring my speech and that I sound I sound more full of saliva and I'm going to be slobbering a lot, it's because I had minor dental surgery earlier in the week and they cut away, uh, one of my teeth had part of the gums cut away and then they filled a cavity in it. So I've got a stitch in my mouth. Oh shit! And uh, it's going to be there until the 1st of November. So I'm going to sound, uh, my speech will be slurred. And it's not from uh, heavy drinking or drug use. It's because I have a stitch in my mouth that uh, will be there for quite some time. And have oh, you ever had dental surgery? I have this not. Is, this was very strange because... My wisdom teeth were supposed to be cut out five or six years ago. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll just deal with the pain. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I did it. They they put me under for that. So that was that was no big deal. I just woke up and they were gone. Yeah. Uh this one I was not put under. I I had I had the laughing gas and they they numbed it locally. They stuck needles in it and stuff. And but it was just strange because like they were shooting water into my mouth and I had to keep my mouth open so like water is just like like running down the oh, side. Oh yeah, it runs like, everywhere, yeah. And then when I got out the numbness didn't, you know, doesn't wear off for a while. So like, I couldn't feel the right side of my nose the rest of the day. So I didn't know if there was like boogers hanging out of it or snot dripping from it. But um, glad I had it taken care of. When I get the bill for it, I won't be so glad because I have terrible dental insurance. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's why I sound like I do. We head back 18 years. To the Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas, which no longer stands. It was really? the home of the Dallas Stars. It was built in 1978, but it opened in 1980. Only lasted 28 years. You only get 28 years out of these arenas now. And uh was home to the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars were the NHL team at the time. Oh. And they played there from 93 to 2001. That's, that's why Russo was out in his jersey... Uh, 
in his New Jersey Devils jersey because they played in the NHL Finals that year. So this was another cheap heat segment. Anyway, I picked Russo's Revenge from September 4th, 2000 at the Reunion Arena, which allegedly could hold up to 20,000 people. But I don't think Nitro and WCW uh, in 2000 were drawing 20,000 to the Reunion Arena. So uh, probably not quite that many. Uh, We get the opening package from last week. The band is back together, Russo says, as he reformed the NWO 2000 without calling them the NWO 2000. He just said, we're back together. We're all friends again. And I mean, storylines in 2000, I could go back and research this, but things were changing week to week. I mean, this was Russo booking. Uh, you, there's no way to try to keep up with it. Title changes. The title changed like 25 times in 2000. To even remember how Nash ended up with the title, I can't tell you. I don't really want to go back and look because it's probably something really stupid. And uh, so, anyway, the opening package is Russo saying the band is back together. Then Tony explains Russo's revenge will happen tonight with two teams of four men going after the world heavyweight title. War Games 2000, you could call it. So we have a time lapse of them putting this triple cage together. This is the Slamboree cage, the Ready to Rumble cage. Patrick, I know you were glad to see this cage. I back. love this cage. I love. Let me specifically say this. I love this cage. I want this cage back for wrestling events now. Truly do. It is something to see, and I felt bad for the ring crew that had to put it together. Oh God, it had to have been a bitch. Yeah, I mean, just getting all those pieces. Think of how many 18-wheelers of caging they had to ship down there just yeah. to put this thing together. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like, I mean, you think the Elimination Chamber was like a beast for them to haul like this thing. is like that times two. It's just massive. So, out of a dressing room comes Russo and his crew. He's accompanied by Steiner, Nash, and Jarrett. As I mentioned, the reform, but not named, NWO 2000. The terrible Nitro intro plays. This would be like the first time they used this version of just noise. It's a terrible theme. Oh, it's, it's not even yeah. a theme. It no. does, it's just it's like screeching a, sound. Yeah, it's like if you blew by, the, the wind's blowing by as this logo is stopping into the middle of your screen. <laughs> like it's Yeah, it's really bad. I agree. You know, let's kick off the show with a hot cruiserweight tag team, and they are the world tag team title holders. It's the Filthy Animals. They're going to put their titles on the line against who we'll find out in just a minute. Tony says, tonight is a program five years in the making, which is odd because this would be the anniversary of Nitro's debut, or the recognized anniversary of Nitro's debut in 1995, but... I don't think in 1995 in the Mall of America they thought, you know, in five years we're going to have a triple cage war games match. That's what I always hope for. In five years in wrestling, I want to have a triple cage match. Out first, in the news this week in 2018, Insane Clown Posse. Yes, that's right. Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J. Shaggy Two Dope in 2018 this past week tried to dropkick Fred Durst off a of stage and he missed. And he fell flat on his face and got his ass kicked by security guards. And Fred Durst didn't even know it was him. 
and then told the security guards, okay, take it easy, because they were beating the shit out of Shaggy 2-Dope for this missed dropkick. <laughs> as you can see in 2000, he learned nothing. He did not improve his ring style, as he would miss this dropkick. He missed a dropkick in this match, I'm pretty certain. Oh, so. yeah. Well, Violent J trying to bump to the outside was something <laughs> else. Tony informs us that Scott Hudson had to fly home because his wife went into labor. She did. So Jeremy Borash, JB, uh, from... TNA, you know, mainly known from TNA, and at this time was uh, Russo's Lackey, joins Tony and Mark Madden. He was also doing WCW Live on WCW.com, which in 2000, you probably had limited access to high-speed internet, so I wonder how you even had to watch this thing. It was probably a tiny video, pixelated, just bullshit. People didn't get to see it much, I'm betting. Yeah. So JB joins Tony and Mark Madden. Mark Madden wonders where the rest of the Dark Carnival are. You know, the Dark Carnival was the ICP's faction featuring the Great Muda and Vampiro. But they decided not to come out with ICP, so maybe there's a little bit of dissension within the Dark Carnival. How in the hell? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Kenji Muto, are you talking about uh, the misuse of the Great Muda here? Yes. Yes. This a is legend. What a disgrace this is. Exactly. But you know you know why it is, though. You know... Just because he wears fucking face paint. Yes, that's exactly it. He wears face paint. You wear face paint, they wear face paint, you're together. That's like putting Vampiro and Steen together for that little bit of time as they, a tag team. No, They're brothers in paint. And I'm like, what the fuck you is You said this shit? for a little while, Sting was paired with Vampiro, then feuded with Vampiro, I'd say for... The entire year 2000. It was like, and not only that, but the demon, the kiss demon, he's got face paint on. I guess you need to face Sting. Yeah. Only people with face paint can fight people with face paint. This is what Vince Russo thought. And for some reason, a legend, Kenji Muto, he said, you know what? This guy's got face paint on. He's a member of the Insane Clown Posse, of course. Yeah, Yeah, because he hops around and yells and jumps and all that shit. This is a great, yeah, no. Yeah, next year... I am a huge, huge fan of the Great Muda. And this was... I had I was not aware that this was going on. Let's put it that way. Well, we would see them later on. As I mentioned, they didn't come out here with ICP, so ICP's on their own, against the entire Filthy Animals, which was a big crew here at the time, as we had Hoovy, Devil Horned Rey Mysterio, Conan, Tigress, and of course, Disco Inferno. Okay, now, question number two. (laughs) How the fuck does Disco fit into that? I don't know. This guy got so much out of... Glenn Gilberti got so much out of his WCW career. and to be so much out of so little as well. Well, yes, and to be featured with this group, even in a minimal role, just to still be on TV, collecting a paycheck, is quite impressive. To not even be, I mean, at one point in time he was a member of the NWO. He was a member of the uh, the full-blooded Italians. Yeah, he was trying to get into the Wolfpack. The Mamelukes. He was in every faction, I think, except the Horsemen. Was the only faction that wouldn't have him. He was the Dancing Fools with Alex Veidt, Das Wunderkid. Probably his best gimmick in the entire Disco Inferno run was the tag team, the Dancing Fools. I I just... Oh, man. Conan has Tigers touch his shirt. That's enough. <laughs> he says, Tonight's gonna be a cakewalk, and Ray and Hoovy will step in that icing. Ugh, I don't know. 
I hate that analogy. Tony can't believe ICP has a title shot. I can't either. As I mentioned before, the fact that Insane Clown Posse kept getting work in the three major promotions over and over again. Now, granted, there are fans of the ICP. I'm not one of them, but I'm not hating on the Juggalos. So, I don't want to get attacked here, but... I do like their wrestling promotion from the few videos I've seen. Championship wrestling, yes, it's it's something to behold. Well, I mean, it's a lot like the old ECW to a degree. It's very... It's... I... To give it that much credit... Well, it's wild and out of control, and so it's... But But, anyway. But just the fact that they got work... I mean, Vince Russo had them in WWF, uh, and as with the... uh, I think Russo's a gigolo. Russo must be a juggalo, because he... More juggalo, yeah, not juggalo. He he brought them into WCW after they had went to ECW. They yeah. stood up ECW, and we, we watched that show where they got called out by Joey Styles for taking the money mm-hmm. and running. Uh, again, another another ECW promo where Joey Styles gets mad at someone for getting paid. So, uh, ICP. Not only getting work, but getting a world tag team title shot. Surpassing yeah. Chronic? I don't see that. I yeah. Surpassing the Natural Born Thrillers, surpassing uh the Harris Brothers, surpassing every other team on the roster. Speaking, they, of, speaking of the Natural Born Thrillers, I forgot how awesome Sanders was. <laughs> Mike Sanders on the mic was actually really good. Really good. The ICP get taken out by Hoovy and Ray. Violent J can't bump to the outside from a Ray drop kick. He tries, but he fails. And he, he tried to go over the top. And then he was just like, no, not going to happen. Rolls under the drop, bottom. Rolls under the bottom. Uh, both Ray and Hoovy dive on him on the outside. Both Conan and Disco join on commentary. So we have a five-man commentary team for this match. Shaggy Tootup counters a top rope move from Hoovy with a drop kick. Violent J accidentally smashes Shaggy Tootup. Hoovy bulldogs Jay. Ray hits a springboard leg drop to Jay. Then Hoovy hits a whisper in the wind. And then Ray hits the Bronco Buster to Shaggy Tootup. Mark Madden wants Tigers to do a Bronco Buster to him, and that was called the Face Full of Stuff, and Conan would talk about that a little bit later. The ICP don't care about tagging. No, no one cares about tagging in this match, by the way. The ref... Oh, this is... Yeah, this is like a tornado tag. Charles Robinson was not interested in trying to explain. He get in the corner. In the corner and hold... He stood in the corner and was like, I'm just going to count the three. Fuck yeah. It. Jay press slams Rey Mysterio. He tries again, but Hoovy drop kicks him. Then the uh, Filthy Animals double drop kick Violent J. Ray hits the was up to J with a leg drop. And that wins the match. One, two, three. There you go. Devil horned Ray here, by the way. What an odd look. I hated this look of him. Were they, like, glued on? He would super glue that shit to his head, I'm certain. He would, he would have to. That's bizarre. Taking the mask off this guy was a big mistake. Oh, that was Kevin Nash wanted to be a shit. Well, I know, but it's it's not even that Ray's like an ugly guy or anything. It's just the mask is so cool. Like he had a one of the coolest masks ever. He had a he had a great thing going, and they fucked it up. I think taking it off Hoovy wasn't as big of a deal because Hoovy Hoovy looks like a male model in some ways. Like he had, yeah, he could have a whole new gimmick out of not having the mask. But yeah. the mask made Ray look like a superhero. Yeah, and you take that away. Now you just have a little guy well, he's with doing that. the whole he's doing the whole Spider Man look and he's doing the whole Phantom look and he's doing all that shit and so 
Like, he was doing the superheroes that the kids were... And you're selling a shitload of masks yeah, to the Yeah, we're kids. drawn to him already. Not to mention his in-ring work. And then you're just like, oh, we're going to take the mask off of you for no fucking reason. Put you in cargo pants. Yeah. Enjoy it. No time to celebrate this tag team title retention. As uh, Conan mentions, maybe Tigress will give him the face full of stuff later tonight. As Bronco Buster, that was her finisher too. And they called it the face full of stuff. I'll let you guess as to what the stuff was. What's the stuff? I'm curious. It's uh, the stuff that would hit you in the face. Oh, if, uh, gotcha. If she was to hit you with a Bronco Buster. Is that what Buster. my Young called it when she did it too? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a face full of dust. <laughs> no time to celebrate. This is Vince Russo's WCW, by the way, so get ready. Strap in, because there's no time to celebrate. There's no time to breathe. Oh, no, it's quick cuts, baby. We're one, two, three, quick cut. One, two, three, quick cut. We immediately cut away to Landstorm and Major Guns with Pamela Paulshock. Yes! Pamela Paulshock! Yes, your answer to Mean Gene. Forget forget Mean Gene as being the greatest uh, backstage announcer. Your vote is always with Pamela Paulshock. Exactly! You know what's weird here, though, is the whole gimmick was Major Guns on a treadmill with her boobs bouncing and so you have pamela paulshock standing there with huge fake boobs too and a tube top and they're both blonde so it was very the visual here was very weird but anyway landstorm uh has apparently an elix skipper have kidnapped major guns from the mia they've taken her hostage and they are trying to make her canadian in order to become canadian you have to run on a treadmill apparently you have to do all these tasks yes I mean, swim it's like a boot pool. camp You're, you have to work out you have to run on a treadmill lift weights you gotta canadians are supreme athletes right and she has to meet that criteria to become canadian I don't think Elix Skipper is even Canadian. I'm not sure he is. Pretty sure the only one... No, I... he's American. No. Was Pamela Paulshock Canadian? I think she was. God, it's been a long time since I've looked up Pamela Paulshock. No, she's from Baltimore. Oh, okay. So. The only one Canadian out of this whole bunch... Is Lance. Is Lance. And... What a waste of Lance here, one of your best technical wrestlers on oh, the yeah. show, doing all these... I mean, he was good in, you know, the serious, very... Can I have your attention for a moment? But his place is in the wrestling ring. I agree, tremendously. However, you have to admit, it was hilarious watching him make her just, like, run through these drills all night long. It was, as serious face as he was, he's like, listen... You're distracting her. Yeah. We need to try to get her back to pristine condition. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about pristine condition? Well, what's hilarious, this was his night of work, though. I mean, he got to go in a swimming pool. He got to go stand next to a treadmill. Yeah. He had it easy. Some guys had to climb three layers of a cage later tonight. exactly. Lance Storm just got to go to the gym. The cat, Booker T, and Miss Jones get in a limo, which makes no sense because it's like... They're leaving their hotel to head in. They're uh, they're running late. Well, yeah. As WCW standard procedure calls for, you must show up late uh, to the arena. I'm sure that actually was somewhere written down. No, Lance Storm uh, mentioned this on the Keep It 2000 podcast that he was on, that towards the end of WCW, uh, they finally caught on. It took them 20 years to figure out all these guys show up late. And so Doug Dillinger started making them sign in or whatever. 
But then, so you would have the the higher paid guys get the lower paid guys say, I'll, I'll give you a couple of bucks if you just sign my name instead of yours to the sheet. And so, uh, so you had a check-in sheet towards the end, a, a, a roll call. Right. To mark down whether you made it there. But even if you were late, you still got paid. You just got paid like $1,000 less. Landstorm, you brought us all the way up here to this workout area. Now, can you tell us why? Last week, we claimed Major Guns as a prisoner of war for Canada. But before she lives out her lifelong dream to become a full-fledged Canadian, she has to prove her worth in boot camp fashion. But how does running the treadmill prove her worth? Canadians have a reputation of being the greatest athletes and the greatest wrestlers. Right. We need to reintroduce her to hard work and perseverance. This is just step one. Come on, let's pick come up on. the pace a little bit. Let's you got go, another baby. 15 minutes in you. Come on, pick it up. Come on, let's go. A little faster, come on. There you go. There you go. I don't know about this, but I'll keep you fans posted. Come on. Major Guns going through her own Canadian boot camp thanks to Prime Time and Lance Storm. We cut back to the arena. The cage is lowering, and this freaks out Tony Schiavone. Why is the cage lowering? That's not supposed to happen yet. So the cage lowers, and we go to break. He's a very skittish individual. Yes, he was frightened by this cage, which I might have been frightened by, too, considering how close they were to the ring and this massive structure being lowered. I might get a little nervous as well. You know what I wanted to see? What's that? Somebody go off the side of it right on top of the announce table. I mean, following that canyon spot they did at Slamboree, it was kind of hard to top that, I guess. So. God, dude, that was... Canyon was insane to fucking say yes to that. The worst Photoshop of all time appears of Nash and Booker T for the Fall Brawl main event tees. It looked like these cardboard cutouts of these two men just kind of shuffle in. And so you already know the main event for Fall Brawl, which makes me wonder, why would Booker T care about this match that much? Because... He's still gonna, he still gets a title shot. So, like, yeah, I could win the title tonight, but why? Then he's got to defend it. Right, I could just, I, you know, fuck this match. I'll just wait till Fall Brawl in two weeks. and That's how stupid that they were saying, oh, by the way, we know who's going to win the, you know, one of these two men will win tonight because this is your main event for Fall Brawl for right. the title. Yeah, don't show us that graphic, but, I mean, that... You know, you could always say, oh, well, we'll just swap it out, you know. that might, That's our tentative main event, Patrick, yeah. even though we have this, this very high-dollar graphic. Like, they it. didn't even throw it up there saying at all. To be determined. <laughs> to be determined. Depending on what happens tonight. Didn't even, not out of three fucking people sitting there, not one of them said that. So Russo is out with the Natural Born Thrillers, not NWO 2000, so I thought this was weird. Like... He comes out of the locker room with one faction, but he brings to the ring a different faction. All heels, but these are the mid-card heels, not the uh, not the main eventers. I really forgot how great of a faction Natural Born Thrillers really were. Had a lot of potential. They uh, really, truly did. If and WCW had stuck around, I think they could have uh, expanded upon that more. But Mike Sanders would have... I mean, God damn. He could have been a great manager. I don't think... Uh, his wrestling career would have... Jeez. He does a lot of TV shows and movies and things now, but... Jeez, man. Yeah, I think went into uh, stand-up comedy a little bit uh, and stuff, too, so... Russo's in a New Jersey Devils uh, jersey as they beat the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals that year. But then, when he gets in the ring, instead of insulting the Dallas Stars, the hockey team, he insults the Dallas Cowboys while wearing the hockey jersey. 
Because apparently they sucked the the day before this they, show. They got beat 41-14, to 14, so that gets some cheap heat. He says, WCW will entertain you unlike the Cowboys. He makes a Troy Aikman joke. Mark Madden makes a Michael Irvin cocaine joke. Oh. That Michael Irvin was in the locker room powdering his nose. The character of Mark Madden. I want to be specific so I don't get in trouble with Mark Madden. Who's... Uh, on the radio in Pittsburgh, and he gets very defensive about his uh, WCW commentary days. Really? Yes. Why? Because he wants everyone to know that was a character that he was portraying. That was not really the Mark Madden. That was not real Mark Madden. That was the character of Mark Madden. He's much like Hulk Hogan and Terry Bollea. They are two different people, Patrick. They are not the same person. So he gets mad on Twitter and yells at people when they tell him how they didn't like him in WCW asshole chance here for Russo. Russo says, I'm here to talk about War Games 2000, bro. The WCW promises to entertain you not like your Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Oh, they did get killed. They got lit up. Boy, a left hook from Russo out of nowhere. It was 41 to 14 Maybe yesterday. Maybe somebody needs to tell Troy Aikman what his name is today. They're still adding up the score, actually. Philadelphia scored so often that they couldn't keep track, you know, without a calculator. Yeah. Did Michael Irvin retire? Oh, kidding aside. Or was he powdering his nose? I think he's got their attention now. I think the cage lowering had their attention. Please, let Mr. Russo talk, would you? It's an impressive structure. I am here to talk about the Triple Cage War Games 2000. Where tonight, in Russo's Revenge, the WCW title... some things you do know. ...will be high above the ring. some things you don't know. The object of war games is for one man to climb all the way up to the top of that third cage, get the WCW title, walk all the way back down through the cage, and out that door. Come and look how high that is. That man will be the WCW champion. Now, wait a minute. Kevin Nash can't be too happy about that. Mr. Russo is putting Nash's world title on the There will be match. two teams of four. The team which I like to call the baby faces or the good guys. Russo, Jared, Steiner, and Nash. But there it's like the 1927 Yankees. Yeah, what but a there, lineup. There are no teams. It's every man for himself after the world title. Against the heel team, the team of the cat. Booker T. Goldberg. Wow, what an eruption there. Look at that structure. 40 feet in the air, every bit. 
He's way past his prime, but Sting will be here in the cage. Wow. Past his prime? That's strong talk. Now, what you didn't know is I had my New York lawyers look into this little deal that the cat made with Eric Bischoff. And right now, there is an injunction on that deal. So, Cat, tonight, you have zero power, baby. Whoa, what a, what a bold move that is. And what that That's means is that all four guys, the heels, they must compete in qualifying matches in order what? to make the war game. <laughs> That's good, that's good strategy, make him earn it. Qualifying matches? All four of them. Oh, and just to show that I'm fair, if by some chance Goldberg happens to win his qualifying match and play in war games for one night and one night only, I will waive the non-physicality clause between me and Goldberg. Oh, think about it. What, is he nuts? Say a prayer for Vince Russo. Mr. Russo, reconsider. You're, you're crazy. We can see Goldberg. You can cheer all you want because the bottom line is this. I guarantee I am walking out of that door, the WCW champion, and you know why? Did he just guarantee because this? Because I've got the jack. The object of War Games is to climb to the top of the third cage and get the belt, and then you need to climb down and exit right through that door over there. Whoever leaves the door is the champion. There will be two teams of four. Now, that's horseshit. Time out here. Yeah, these are not War Games rules. Uh, this is a very strange interpretation of war games as much shit as we gave nxt for their interpretation of war games they did a much better job oh yeah a much closer version closer. Uh, than what this was because this was just every man for himself eight men in a ring yeah it's every man for himself yet they're on teams but e but heels should turn on heels because that's what they do you know, the other heels, which were the faces, which that's a whole nother story, uh, as we'll get into in just a second. But like Kevin Nash, so he's the champion. It's his belt hanging up there. He comes out. Well, yeah, we'll get there. But oh. like, uh, so Kevin Nash is the champion. Steiner, Jarrett, and Russo have no allegiance to this guy. I mean, they're heels. No, they, yeah. They're dirty tactics. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to be the champion? Yeah. Russo says he guarantees he's leaving as the champion tonight. So that, that hits right then and there, they're going to screw him over. Nash is not leaving as champion. Right. This guy you just walked out of a dressing room with earlier, this guy that you're aligned with, yeah. you're just saying, you're, yeah, you're fucking this guy over. Yes. But also, the, teams of the, the team of the faces, yeah, it's every man for himself. Right. This is just a ladder match, a very, very high ladder match with a weird rule where you have to bring the belt down and through a door. Yes. Is ultimately what this thing is. On a much grander scale, but the rule about grabbing the belt and then bringing it through the door is one of the strangest things because I'm sure a lot of people in Dallas that night thought when Booker T grabbed the belt and ripped it down, that was the end he of the won. match. Yeah. Because in every other match where a belt is hanging, it's whoever grabs it. Well, yeah. 
There's never any, oh, well, now you need to cross a finish line. This is the only triple cage. I mean, we didn't have a ton. This is the only triple cage match, though, where not only do you have to reach out there and grab it. Right. But only, now you got to bring so much back down. Yeah, the only other example, Jeff Jarrett just unhooked it and won it. Right. So you've already set a precedent of right. how the match works. Right. And now you're just going to go back on it. Right. <laughs> and even in Ready to Rumble, it and was... Ke- you know Kevin Nash ain't going up to the second. Oh, and I mean, he says as much. Yeah. Later on in the show, he, he describes the strategy. Russo says... The first team, who I like to call the baby faces, the good guys, are me, Jeff Jarrett, Steiner, and Nash. So, oh, we've got insider terms, but see, he swerved us, Patrick. Yes. Swerved us again because the baby faces are really the heels. Yes. And then the heels are really the baby faces. And the heels, which are the baby faces, I'm trying to make this as confusing as Vince Russo does. (laughs) Uh... The heels, which are the baby faces, are the cat, the who, cat who Ernest, was a heel most of this year. The cat, Ernest Miller. Yes, the cat, Ernest Miller, Booker T. Booker T. Goldberg. Which gets a huge reaction. And Sting. Sting, even though he's over the hill. Even though he'd be wrestling in WWE in, what, 2015? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's over the hill. Yeah. Uh, he's you, too That old. over the hill, worthless, face-painted freak, Sting. The New York lawyers looked into that deal the cat made with Eric Bischoff. See, when Bischoff was written off after Bash at the Beach, the cat inherited his power on screen. So now, instead of Russo and Bischoff running things, it was Russo and the cat running things. But Vince Russo said his New York lawyers looked into it. Cat has no power tonight, so Cat can't change anything. Why just tonight? I know. Why not just take it away permanently? Why just tonight? Another well, Russo. How did they know specific this <laughs> one night? Exactly. How far in advance did he call the New York lawyers and and they said the best we can do for you? I know you're paying us a typical WCW. Spend a lot of money on lawyers uh, for one one night to get the power away from one night. So. Just fire him. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He's not in charge. You are you got complete power. So yeah. you, you could literally fire him tonight and say you're no longer allowed to have any of your, your ownership or whatever. Never. Ever again. Problem no. solved. No, we need problems down... It's a swerve, you know? We gotta have problems it's down the road. It's true. Yo, bro, why would I get, take away his power forever when I could just give it back next week? You're thinking too much about this, bro. (laughs) You do that really well. It's not that good. All the heels, which are the faces, must win qualifying matches to make it into the match. Now, all uh, all the baby faces, which are the heels, are automatically in, so they don't have to work but one match tonight. Yeah. Now, also, Vince Russo, in all of his stupidity... He had a no-contact clause with Goldberg over the last few months where Goldberg couldn't touch him. As angry as Goldberg got, he could not touch Vince Russo. He says, but you know what? For one night... I'm going to waver that. Just It's gone. For one night. If he wins his qualifying match... For one night, it's gone. Yeah. But... And it's like, what's his qualifying match? What are we talking about here? Yes. The Wolfpack music hits, and Kevin Nash... Saunders out to the ring. Kevin Nash, not in great shape here, with his baseball cap on, his NWO Outsiders shirt on, just... He is pissed! He's upset with Russo for putting his precious strap, as he calls it, on the line. Hey, listen, I'm not a fighting champion. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Nash 
shooting on us here, telling us the truth <laughs> that I don't like to wrestle. I don't like to. Yeah, I'm not a fighting champion. I defend it once a month, once in thirty days, like I'm supposed to, and even then, at the eleventh hour, at the fifty uh, ninth minute, do I decide? Okay, I'll defend it, and I'm going. Damn, that is one of the most true things he has ever said. I loved it. It was a great promo. It was. It was 100% true. It was spot fucking on. What a great champ. <laughs> uh, Russo reminds him, he's the boss. Nash says, Russo may be the boss, but in this ring, he's his daddy. Which sounded a little uh, sexual. It was weird. Yeah, I was expecting him to say, like, he's my bitch or You're something. Right. Yeah. He went with daddy, and that sounded a lot <laughs> worse. I'd, I'd rather he just said bitch and been done with it. Sting then comes out from under the ring with fog and light emitting from his the hole he emerged from. He came from hell uh, <laughs> to attack uh, Russo. Nash flips off Russo and leaves him to fend for himself. Sting grabs the mic. He says he's going to qualify and win the world title because it's, 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 it's showtime, folks! Yes, as I mentioned, Sting in the Crow character never quite understood his character, you know. I this never dark, brooding character should yeah. not be... I mean, he's just Surfer Sting. Well, he's doing Crow. a Showtime, and so I'm thinking, well, it's like, a, you know, I would have thought, using that phrase puts him immediately in the Dark Carnival. Because a Carnival, you have a Showtime, so you say that, like, it just goes <laughs> right. hand in hand. My opinion, that's what I would have thought. But, I mean, hell, what do I think? They put fucking Muda with him, so, you know. Sting just walks away at first. I guess he had gotten what he needed to say out. Until he sees Russo giving him the fist, not the finger, because this is Turner. And I guess Turner's standards and practices have finally cracked down on all of uh, Russo's swearing and middle fingers. Even though we saw Nash do it, we were over on our middle finger limit for the night. So (laughs) Russo just gives him the fist. We can only have one middle finger a show, people. And then Sting says, oh no, you did not just fist me. Sting gives chase to Russo through the cage to the second level. Then out of nowhere, Steiner and Jarrett come in and give chase as well. Steiner stalks Sting with a pipe. Booker and the cat come down. Sting takes on Steiner and Jarrett and Russo make it to the top of the cage. Cat and Booker then clear out the natural born thrillers all by themselves, making them look terrible. Everyone gets away from Sting, and he ends up alone on top of the cage... Like, confused. I thought his little rope thing would drop down and he could go back up. Yeah, I was expecting for him to fly back up to the uh, the rafters. Yeah, his little room in the rafters. But then, the Goldberg music hits as Russo's walking up the ramp and Russo runs for it. And Goldberg, being... He's so mad at Russo, doesn't even bother chasing him. He just walks back. Yep. <laughs> so, there you go. At least tonight... It's a simple story to follow. These guys have to win qualifying matches to get in the main event. As much Russo Nitros were often very confusing, and I mean, this one is a little confusing, but at least it's straightforward. There is a tournament, basically, and you win the tournament to get into the match, and there you go. Right. That's it. That's it. This is as simple as Russo can do. He just doesn't know how to make it simpler than that. Yeah. Nitro, sponsored by Western Union, the fastest way to send money worldwide, uh, which is not true anymore in 2018. We come back from break and recap the segment we just saw, which, by the way, this was a night that Raw was delayed, I think, until 11 o'clock, so Nitro had the night to itself, by the way. And uh, they needed to show us what we just saw. 
Steiner and Jared are angry at Russo for putting Nash's belt on the line for some reason, which they have a chance of winning. So I don't understand this alliance. This is a very strange alliance we have going on here. I don't get it. Yeah. Then Tony mentions, oh, Jeremy Borash, your head is shaved. Oh, you had a ratings bet with uh, Russo, and you got your head shaved on WCW Live. And that just made me wonder, what could this bet have been? How bad are we going to get beat by Raw this week? I mean, that that had to have been the only bet that you could make with ratings back then, is how bad do they beat us? How much do we lose by this That's week? That's true. I mean... Do we win a week? No. <laughs> if JB said that, then yeah, he deserved to have his head shaved, because he would be stupid. I'm pretty sure he probably did. He's like... If we win this week, then I'll get my, you know, some bullshit. Who knows? The Harris brothers are out next. They have footage they want shown, and they say they'll beat up the announcers if they don't get it shown. So Tony looks in the camera and says, please play the footage. (laughs) The Harris brothers find Chronic. They were supposed to be at the gym, and the Harris brothers are very upset that Chronic skipped gym day and went to the saloon to go get drunk. And so the Harris brothers go in and beat them up, and we have... The Disciples of Apocalypse explode here. The Harris brothers smash mugs over Chronic's head, including their former leader, Crush. Getting crushed with a mug. Shane Douglas wants Goldberg, he says. That's the guy. Of all the guys in the qualifying matches you could pick, you know what? I think I'll fight the guy that never loses. Or that rarely loses. I'll take him on. Yeah. I've got him. Yeah. Shane Douglas. I'm going to beat him, and I'm going to go on to be a part of this main event this evening. Russo says, you want Goldberg? Go for it. Douglas wants the backup of the natural-born thrillers, but Tori Wilson, what a what a turn here. What a, another Russo swerve. Tori, messing, you know, fucking over her own man here, says, no, you don't need him. You can totally do it on your own. And I, Shane Douglas is like, I have faith in you. Shane is like, you do? Okay, I can do it then. Forget the natural-born thrillers. So they leave, and Russo tells the natural-born thrillers, yeah, just watch his back anyway. (laughs) In other words, he's stupid. Uh, Please watch his back and make sure he wins the match. And because he waved his thing with Goldberg, he doesn't want to see Goldberg tonight, so you'd think he'd stack the deck against Goldberg. So that's what he was doing here. Sting is out for his qualifying match. He crawled down the cage, walked all the way to the back to walk back out the ramp for his qualifying match. He's taking on Vampiro for the millionth time in 2000, as well as Great Muda, as this is a handicap match. The Dark Carnival is here. Okay. Great Muda, who would have a match of the year contender in New Japan next year as Kenji Muto, uh, here wasting away in WCW. Now... All the history between Sting and Muda. We had a great rivalry with the two of them in Muda and Sting, as well as a great tag team. We moved, and that was like 91, 92. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years later. We moved ten years down the road. (laughs) And it's now a rivalry slash tag team with Vampiro and... Sting. Same fucking storyline, but I don't understand this match. I know. This was... It makes no... Like, had they put a little bit of emphasis behind it? Had they been... Like, I have no fucking idea how Vince Russo was like, you know what? You're facing those two. 
right now in a handicap match, go kick his ass. Right. Like, there's no... Why didn't he do that against Goldberg? You find out later on, like you found out with the Goldberg match. You find out later on with the Booker T match. You find out with the Cat match. Like, there's storylines for those. This one, there ain't no fucking bit of (laughs) storyline. No, no, yeah. It's like, why did you pick these two guys to take them on? They didn't shoot that, you know, that backstage segment. It's just random. Yeah. It's just that, oh, Sting always fights Vampiro. Let's have him fight Vampiro again. One more time. Why not? And Great Muda can be there, too. Watch and win Bull for $100,000 on TNT. What is Bull? I don't know. Did you ever watch Bull? No. I have no idea what this was, but they advertised it twice during the show. By the way, Vampiro gets to bring out his JCW World Championship. So not only did ICP get a World Tag Team title shot, they got to put their own belt on WCW television. What I mean, what a negotiator these guys are. I mean... Oh, yeah. But their uh, their world champ didn't look too good in this match. I kind of wanted to see a uh, a JCP invasion of Nitro. A JCW. Or JCW, yeah. Invasion of Nitro. It's two-on-one with uh, tornado rules, apparently. Again, no one's interested in tags. Clotheslines Vampiro to the outside, face plants Muda. But Vampiro takes Sting down with a double axe handle. Muda, though... Some miscommunication gives the miss to Vampiro. Then Stinger hits a Stinger splash to Vampiro. Death drop. One, two, three. Sting qualifies in about two minutes. Beats two guys in two minutes and immediately leaves the ring. Three legendary athletes. I would put Vampiro in that category. Okay? Three legendary athletes. And you can give them two minutes. Well, and I I don't think Vampiro's in... Muda and Sting's level of legendary, but yeah, he's a he's, he's a notable. He's a very yeah, he's a higher up notable. Yeah. He he's a star. Yes. I mean, uh, but yeah, two minutes squash match, and uh, the breakup here. The breakup angle starts with the Dark Carnival here as the uh, ICP come out and uh, dysfunction is afoot. Muda's pissed. Muda is pissed. Vampiro's pissed, and the ICP are in the middle here. This would get resolved at a fall brawl where it would all come to an end. The Dark Carnival would split up, and then Great Muda would work a couple house shows and then go back to Japan. And really? that was the end of Great Muda and WCW. Really? So. I didn't know that. So, did Muda actually work for JCP's promotion? Or was this strictly I don't, no, a I don't WCW storyline? Yeah, I think he only worked for WCW. I knew Vampiro did. Yes. He did both. Yeah. But I didn't know if Muda did. No, I think Muda was just only with them on WCW television. Okay. For some reason. Because we couldn't find anything else for this Hall of Fame legend to do. And <laughs> we couldn't find anything else other than, hey, you have face paint on. Throw you with the guys that wear face paint. Lance Storm is with Major Guns again, working out with her boobs, basically. And Elix Skipper's there. Major Guns says, I don't even want to be Canadian! As she's on one of those weight machines. One of those things where you push forward and... Like a Bowflex type thing. She doesn't want to be Canadian, so she's being held against her will here. Yes. uh, Going through more torture. Stevie Ray is with Vince Russo. He says, I don't want to wrestle. Man, nobody told me I was wrestling. Nobody told me I was wrestling. What do you mean I'm wrestling him? 
When I came here tonight, I came here to wrestle somebody. Not you know, him. Stevie, what let you me interrupt about, you right man? there. What? You don't tell me what you came here to do. You work for me. You know that little gig you got on Wednesday night? The gig Thunder? that you gave yeah, to me. The gig that I could take away from you. I've oh, got your man. contract right here. I'll rip it up in your face. You will go out and you will wrestle him. I'm not doing it. Stevie, this. listen. This could be your opportunity to be the WCW champion tonight. Do you get that? Think about it. What's he talking? What's he talking about? Who's he gonna wrestle? Just like Kevin Nash, no one here in this company wants to wrestle. But he does want to keep his Thunder announcing gig because he gets paid the same and he gets to just work one day a week and suck his guts to know on Thunder. Uh, <laughs> and so Stevie Ray doesn't want to wrestle. Russo says, well, I have your contract, and I can fire you from that announcing gig, because I gave it to you. So, but think about it. You could be the world champ. So we go to break with Stevie Ray rubbing his chin in deep thought about this proposition. Jarrett is then with Nash and Steiner. Nash says, tonight, he may play for the other team. What? (laughs) And if you misinterpret that, yeah, it sounded like... (laughs) When you... If you say play for the other team in any other context, it doesn't mean I'm going to side with the other team in this War Games match, which isn't even a team. It's just a group of wrestlers. Yeah, no, this is still every man for himself. Right, so even if he goes against these guys, he still has to go against the other guys, too. Whatever. Stevie, it's amazing. He was in his street clothes with Russo a minute ago. Now he's in his gear... (laughs) So he's coming out after the break. He changed really quick during that whole. He brought his gear to a night he didn't think he was wrestling at anyway. You never go to a show without your gear. He grabs the mic. He says, I got a funny feeling in my gut. But I came to Dallas, Texas, and Vince Russo, that low down dirty snake, threatened to fire me unless I fight my brother, Booker T. He says he's going to do it, but not for Russo, but for these fine people here in Dallas, Texas, where, of course, Harlem Heat got their start as the. Ebony Experience. That's an awesome tag team name. I know, they should have kept it. That is a badass tag team name. Jacked Booker T comes out. As I mentioned before, this man, this man's body does not get enough attention here in 2000 as he is just He's pumped ripped. up. Booker T comes out, he says, Russo, I got one thing to say to you. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Which I still don't know what that means. Stevie jumps him at the bell. Stevie beats down Booker with strikes and a scoop slam. Booker hits the flying forearm, scissor kick, spin a rooney. Stevie catches him with a kick attempt and slams him down. Goes for the flapjack, the move, not the uh, illegal object, but Booker escapes. Stevie elbows out of the bookend, but runs into another one. One, two, three, Booker T wins in this brother versus brother match that they could have probably saved for a pay-per-view. But uh, when Harlem had, Heat explodes. Harlem Heat explodes. I mean, they had already exploded earlier in the year with new Harlem Heat with uh, Big T, but they exploded again here in what might be uh, Booker and Stevie Ray's only WCW match against one another. So Possibly. Yeah, but in Dallas, uh, not quite Owen versus Brett, but a, uh, I didn't think Stevie Ray looked as bad as uh, I thought he would. He actually... No, I thought it was a decent. It was very decent. For his minute match. and a half match, yeah. he, he looked okay. Booker grabs the mic, says, Hey man, what was that all about? Stevie says... Suckers gots to know. Get ready for war games. <laughs> okay, thanks. That doesn't answer the question, but okay. Immediately cut. We're to Chronic now walking backstage. They run into the Young Dragons, 
And we get some Ingrish here. Ingrish? Yes, from the Young Dragons. And they Chronix says, where are the Harris brothers? Harris brothers? This makes Chronic very mad. And Jamie's son goes through a table. As the Young Dragons go to waste on this show, basically. What a waste of the Young Dragons, who had awesome talent. Jamie's son. Jamie Noble in the future. Was it Jamie Noble? Yes. Not Japanese. Uh, we come back, and three count want to dance, but Chronic... See, I thought Jamie Noble was in the ring with three count. No, that is Shannon Moore, Evan, oh, Courageous, right, Evan Courageous, and Sugar Shane Helms. Okay, yeah. We come back, and three count want to dance, but Chronic says, fuck dancing. They break it up. Adams and Clark hit a triple high times, a super high times, and Adams drops Courageous. Then Full Nelson slams Shane Helms. Clark hits the meltdown to Shannon Moore. And then Adams calls out the Harris brothers. Get out here! Instead, their former friend, Jeff Jarrett, the Harris brothers' friend, that is, members of NWO 2000 again, Jeff Jarrett comes out and calls them Mary Jane Bluntnuts, as they were supposed to be potheads, even though it looked like they were more into the steroid side of drugs, not marijuana but okay yeah i don't think marijuana makes you look that buff <laughs> no i don't the people that consume marijuana typically go the opposite direction with their bodies as they get the munchies and they eat a lot of doritos jared and taco bell jared then suddenly has power he has the stroke and he makes cat wrestle chronic for his qualifying match which i didn't know he was the commissioner all of a sudden but he is so the cat and Miss Jones come out. Jarrett smashed Miss Jones with a guitar on Thunder. He says all women deserve to be in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. So this is, continues his gimmick from uh, WWF. Is he's a woman hater? Cat tries to say to Chronic, "Hey guys, we're on the same side here. Let's just go beat up Jarrett." So Chronic is like, "Okay, yeah, let's do that. It's a good idea." And so. Clark exits the ring, and Cat tries to roll up Adams, but only gets a two count. He bails outside then and attacks Jarrett while Miss Jones smacks him. Jarrett stalks her with a guitar. Chronic, meanwhile, double clothesline Cat, hit the high times, and get the win. And so now Russo has fucked himself here, because now, instead of the Cat in War Games tonight, he just put Chronic in War Games, so he got two faces going against him instead of one. So we cut backstage... And he's like, yes, Cat's been eliminated. And Steiner's like, you stupid idiot. You just put Chronic in the match instead. And then Vince Russo holds his head in shame as he realizes he's an idiot. We get more bad Photoshop as Goldberg is supposed to meet Steiner at Fall Brawl. Franchise comes out with Bimbo, as Mark Madden calls her. It's Tori Wilson. He's going to face Goldberg. Franchise tells Tori, hey, you tell this crowd how you feel. She tells the crowd to shut up and appreciate a real champion, as Shane Douglas had no belt, and calls Dallas a hellhole. I just love to hear you her what? scream. You guys make me sick. Just shut up. You can't even appreciate a real champion when he's standing right in front of you. So franchise, get this over with quick, because I want to get out of this stupid hellhole. Wow, boy. I- Tori, honey, what you want, you get! Goldberg chants interrupt. Goldberg's music hits, and Douglas shuts up. Doug Dillinger and the security goons fetch Goldberg. Not exactly the police force. We're down to the security guards. We had to cut budget somewhere. 
Goldberg comes out, does his pyro intro, and he is fired up. He's pumped. Goldberg puts an ankle lock on, but Shane gets the ropes. Goldberg keeps kicking the legs of Shane Douglas, throws Shane to the guardrails, franchise ducks a forearm, and slams Goldberg's arm to the post. And now Shane focuses on it, because this is the arm that Goldberg fucked up in the limo. So this is the story of the match here. So Goldberg then fires up and decks Douglas with his bad arm. It's It healed so fast. This man is superhuman. He clotheslines Franchise, goes for the spear, but the natural-born thrillers run in. Goldberg takes them all out. Reno gets the roll of the dice from Goldberg. He just rolled the dice on Reno! He just rolled the dice on Reno! It's not that impressive, Tony. Jeez, that's one of the worst moves ever. He gets his finisher on him. Pump handle slam to Chuck Palumbo. Spear from Goldberg, who dropped Mike Sanders along the way. Jackhammer and Franchise goes down, so Goldberg is in. Russo's revenge. The no-contact clause is waived, and Russo is fucked. He's pissed off in his office and puts his head down again. Time for the Castrol GTX Drive Hard replay as we see Goldberg destroy the heels, what we just saw. (laughs) Russo is upset and finds Nash and apologizes to him. Nash says, I want my strap. Then we cut away immediately to Major Guns in a swimming pool. She's got to swim laps. Yeah, she's got to do... Canadians are known for their swimming ability, of course, yes. as we saw with Bret Hart, I guess, in, in WWF, in the lead to WrestleMania 12. Elix, Lance, and Paula look on. The MIA are in the bushes in their camo. They're they're spying on this scene. But you they... know what? You know what's better than major guns in a pool? Pamela Paulshock in there with her. Yes, Pamela Paulshock gets chucked into the pool, then the MIA chucked the rest of the Canadians in the water. And that's it. There you go. <laughs> that's the conclusion to the... Uh, Training regiment. Yes. <laughs> that's the conclusion to the Major Guns kidnapping storyline for the evening. Vince begs the natural-born thrillers and Sean Stasiak to save him, who was part of the natural-born thrillers. Paula is wet from the pool somehow, backstage, even though this was clearly shot during the day. She's with Arn Anderson, and Arn says, You know, before I say anything, I just want to say you look great soaking wet. Which was very creepy coming from Arn Anderson. I I think that is a very true statement. I mean... It's a true statement, but you shouldn't say it, especially if you're Arn Anderson. <laughs> Arn doesn't understand why David Flair wants to marry Stacy Keebler next week, but says, you know what, whatever, we'll have a wedding, Rick's gonna come, and this would be Ric Flair's big comeback, because he'd been off TV for a while after getting his head shaved, and uh, next week's Nitro in Charlotte for the big wedding between David Flair and Stacy Keebler. It's a wrestling wedding, so you'll... Be you, prepared. You can guess how that went. <laughs> big Vito is out next with his stickball bat. Vito claims he took care of Russo and gave him a concussion, but he doesn't know when Russo became such an asshole. Did he really give him a concussion? I don't think so. He's going to beat everyone because he's got grapefruits, just like Vince McMahon. The natural-born thrillers are out. Mike Sanders stumbles through his promo. It's still funny, though. Sanders makes (laughs) fun of Vito's body, and Vito agrees. Yeah, I do have a bad body, but I fight really hard. I can kick your asses. Maybe I don't have a body like a Greek Adonis, but you know what? I don't mind being a fat body, because I got what it takes, and I can kick every one of your asses right now, right here, tonight. 
So now he's got to run the gauntlet against the natural-born thrillers. Vito says, bring it on. Vito takes them out with the stickball bat, but Palumbo and Jindrak take him out. Palumbo and Reno hit the worst 3D I've ever seen. Oh, it's terrible. On Vito. Terrible. The heels just put the boots to Vito. Vito fires up for a second, but gets chop blocked by Sanders. Gets more boots. Palumbo hits a top turnbuckle shoulder block. Jindrak hits a lion salt. Shantan bomb. And Sanders covers for the win. Mike Sanders. After the match, Sanders beats Vito with his stickball bat as the bell rings nonstop. A classic WCW trope as that bell just would never stop ringing when carnage was going on in the ring. You get paid per ring. Damn, nope. I'd be ringing that shit through matches then. Despite, you know, all the faces on the roster, nobody saves Big Vito. Yeah, I was waiting for, like, Goldberg to come out or something. Nobody. No one cares about Vito. The heels, which are the faces, and the faces, which are the heels, are prepping in the backstage area. Pamela Paulshock is w- with the heels, which are the faces. And She's Book- still soaking wet. Booker says, booyah. Adam says, chronic is all about chronic. Sting says it's showtime, folks. Goldberg doesn't show up with his friends here. He doesn't care about them. Jarrett will start the match for the faces. Sting will start for the heels. Remember, the faces are the heels and the heels are the faces. Sting takes Jarrett down with strikes, a drop kick, and clotheslines him out of the ring. and He throws him into the fencing a few times. Sting gets the ladder and brings it into the ring. The ladder is propped in the corner and Jarrett bumps off of it a few times. Steiner is out next in his face mask as he, uh, I guess, had broken his nose a few weeks earlier, so he had to wrestle with one of those Cody Rhodes face masks on. Jarrett and Steiner take out Sting with the ladder. Steiner press slams Sting. He gets the other ladder, and Sting gets thrown into it while the heels beat him down. Chronic is out next, so for the first time in the history of a War Games match, in quotation marks, the faces, which are the heels... Have a three-on-two advantage. Yes. Wow. And how is it that one entry is for two men because they're a tag team? (laughs) Right. So you should have just said, well, we're all a tag team. We're all a stable. We all have to come in together. Sorry. I just couldn't understand that one. Steiner, he says, fuck this. He goes to the second level. He gets bolt cutters and works on the door on level two. It takes Steiner a long time to get the uh, the door You gotta cut through that chain. He finally gets it, but Chronic catches up to him. They slam Steiner in the second level, and Russo is out next with the Harris brothers. Chronic has kendo sticks and trash cans in this section of the cage, and they brawl with the Harris brothers, who aren't in this match officially, by the way, and they brawl with the Harris brothers in the second tier. Stinger splash to Russo, Scorpion Deathlock to Russo, then Kevin Nash comes out next. The champ is here, folks. Nash told Shivani, I'm just going to stand by the door and wait. And that's what he pretty much did. He goes in the ring, though, and chokeslams Sting after a Stinger splash. He teases a chokeslam to Russo, but Steiner says, Please don't. Please don't do that. That's our friend. So he doesn't. Booker is out next. Scissor kick to Steiner, and he no-sells a strike from Russo. Scissor kick to Russo. Spinner Nash boots Booker. Chronic and the Harris brothers have left the building as they brawl through the crowd, so they're out. Uh, they won't be coming back. Everyone is on the first level again. Goldberg is the last man in, of course. He demolishes the heels with a double clothesline to Steiner and Jarrett. Then Russo decks him with a bat. Booker goes after the belt, makes it to the second level, as I guess Booker was the most fit of the bunch, so I guess I gotta go get the belt. They handcuff Goldberg to the ropes. Booker goes to the third tier, but Steiner runs him down. 
Sting makes it up to the second level. Jarrett joins him, and now it's two-on-two on the second level as all four men have gotten stuck on the second level. Booker crawls to the top level, grabs the belt. Ding, ding, ding. No, no, no. This is Vince Russo. You gotta take it back down. Meanwhile, we get close-ups of Nash just looking up next to the door as this man, he stuck to his strategy. He did. So he's I really kind of wanted to see him climb the damn thing up there. Yeah, with his bad knees, I'd love to see that have <laughs> happened. The crowd sort of think he wins the belt here when Booker takes it down, but nope, not in this world. Booker takes out Jarrett and Steiner on the way down. Steiner grabs the belt while Jarrett handcuffs Sting on the second level, so now Goldberg and Sting are both handcuffed, so the only hope for the good guys is Booker T. Jarrett and Steiner beat Booker with a kendo stick, the belt, and a trash can. Steiner then drops the belt down to the lowest level. Instead of just taking it for himself, he says, you know what, I really like Vince Russo and Kevin Nash, so I'm just going to drop this here. So he drops it down to the lower level, Russo picks it up, the cat then runs in and decks Russo with a head kick, Nash powerbombs cat, grabs his title belt, looks to be heading toward the door, but Goldberg hulks up, breaks the handcuffs, clears the heels out, which are the faces, which are the heels, including a big right to Russo. Goldberg grabs the belt and celebrates instead of walking towards the door. When he finally does walk towards the door, a man in a jersey and a hat slam the door on him, much like back in the old days of Dallas when the fabulous Freebirds did the same thing to the Von Erichs, a callback there. Yes. Who was the man in the hat and the jersey? It was Bret Hart, who couldn't wrestle, who had retired but was still under contract, so they were like, we need do to this. do this. Yeah. Jarrett then grabs the belt, throws <laughs> it into the ring no. instead of taking it for himself. <laughs> Brett was probably like, I will gladly slam it in his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. For ending my career, I guess that was sweet, sweet revenge here. I guess they always held out hope that he could come back, so they always wanted to keep him around. But keep they, that rivalry kind of... They would probably FedEx him in his notice here in a couple weeks. Jarrett grabs the belt, throws it into the ring. Nash and Russo have the belt, but instead of tussling over it, they hug. And Russo just hands him the belt. And Nash takes that big step through the door to retain his title. Tony mentions this begins the sixth year of Nitro. Sadly, they wouldn't make it through all of the sixth year. (laughs) The sixth and final year of Nitro is underway with a... Bullshit finish. Uh, in a match that made very little sense from a booking standpoint. It was a fine match or yeah. whatever, but uh, it makes zero sense other than classic Russo swerve. Like, that was all you could say at the end of this was like, oh, they got us again. They fooled us. They fooled us again. Because... You know what's and what's stupid about this too is that at Fall Brawl, spoiler, Booker T beats Nash for the belt. So why not just go ahead and have Booker win it here, have the rematch, and have him retain? Yeah. Whatever. But this Nitro, this was when Nitro was cut down to two hours. So on the network, without commercials, it's only an hour and twenty something minutes. Yeah, it's like an hour twenty seven. And like I said. Vince Russo usually made very little logical sense on Nitro. Nitros were a mess. 
They were cut together. It was smash mouth in your face. Oh my goodness, what's happening now? Who's this? Why are they fighting? What's going on? But tonight, at least had a a storyline throughout it. Somewhat. Yeah, there were some there were some gaps like uh, with the insane clown posse, the dark carnival, and Sting, which still has no explanation to this day. But uh, the rest of it was pretty straightforward. And the big veto thing that was kind of strange to just throw in there. Yeah. Uh, and the tag team title match up front, I mean, it was a good way to get Ray and Hoovy on the card, but, like, why not? You could have given Sting and Vampiro and Muda two extra minutes, Booker and Stevie two extra minutes, like... And all of the shenanigans with uh, Pamela Paulshock and Major Guns, and that was... Uh, well, I like seeing Pamela Paulshock. Yeah, they're they're nice to look at, but... uh it. I'm just saying, is in terms of you know value to the program. Oh, know. she was very valuable to the program. <laughs> yes, I knew you would enjoy that. Uh, what did you think of the show, Patrick? Oh, I, I I'm biased because I love the Triple Cage. So going into it, I was already excited. As we know of last week, if you've listened to our last podcast, I was ecstatic to be able to watch this. Um, I just loved the Triple Cage idea. I just, I think it's great, and any match that happens in it is something to behold, and I would love to see it back, even to this day. Yeah, well, keep writing to the WWE, and maybe it'll, I'm sure Vince will take your suggestion. Maybe right. NXT will, I mean, they're trying stuff. Right, they, they brought War Games back, maybe they could do a Russo's Revenge version of War Games. Actually, just, you know, the... The danger of climbing that high, I, don't, I think, is something the WWE would not would not do uh, anymore. That's why they don't do like scaffolding matches and stuff like that in, anymore. Um, so on our rating scale, Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you give this episode of Nitro? Russo's Revenge, War Games 2000. Much like the LOD 2000 or Blues Brothers 2000. Not as good as the other War Games, but... Uh, it was something. I'm uh, going to give it a... Bill Goldberg. Wow, a Bill Goldberg. I'm going to give it a Vince Russo. In his helmet and his hockey jersey. <laughs> so there you go. Well, we'll put the picks on hold for next week. We'll be doing a special episode next week. We are going to stream uh, NWA 70. We are going to buy it for $25. Stream it live. And watch it, and we are going to do a live commentary, as we did with uh, Super Brawl 2000 earlier this year. So this will be our second uh, Let's Watch version of Retro Wrestling Podcast, as it's the uh, 70th birthday of NWA. Well, that's what they're celebrating anyway. Uh, They're probably off by a few years, and they're probably off by a few months and days, but... That's not important. What's important is the show that happens on Sunday. Uh, then we'll resume picks next week, so get your be thinking of your pick for after NWA 70, Patrick. You know, SmackDown's hitting episode 1000. We're quickly approaching our episode 100, so also be thinking of something special to do for episode 100. We are getting there. We this are is getting uh, there. episode 95, I think, so we are... 
Wow. Five away. Next week won't count in the official tally, so. So we're a month and a half away. Basically, yeah. By the end of the year, I guess. It's going to be something special. I might have to make some phone calls. Well, that'll do it for this week for the Retro Wrestling Podcast. As always, you can find our reviews on iTunes. You can find them on Downcast. You can find them on the uh, Android Play Store, I believe. Google Play Store is what it's called. And, uh, you know, anywhere podcasts can be found. We're even on TuneIn Radio's podcasting thing. I tried to get us on Stitcher. Never could figure that out, but you can find us. Just go to RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. That'll give you a link to our Twitter page, and you can go from there. But you've already found it, because you just listened to two hours of uh, nonsense. So, where can they find you, Patrick? Well, Facebook. Type in Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling. You can't miss me. Pop right up, first thing. Um, Are you still in your picture with uh, Tommy Dreamer? And I am. My picture is still me, Richards. Tommy, and Stevie. So uh, there you go. You can't miss me. And like I like always, I am I'm dead on about this. If there's anything you want to know, anything that you're curious about, anything that you have always wanted to figure out, how did they do this? How did they pull this off? What's going on? Give me some dirt. What's happening? Even if you just want to make a request, you can hit us up on our page. You can hit me up. On my personal page, I will gladly give you the answer or find the answer. I am the man with the idea, with the pen, with the one taking notes, hitting the locker rooms. I am coming to you live from locker rooms, not some bullshit sitting behind a camera or sitting behind a desktop and typing out some retro bullshit about this and that and all that. I am the true blue guy. I'm in those locker rooms. I visit those legends. I'm good friends with these people. I can get you the real answers. So hit us up any given point in time. As always, my name is Patrick Young. I'm Intern Alex. And my, my closing line's a clothesline. Yeah, and bingo bango. All right. Let's do it. The kid can't win the belt, can he? And now, wait a minute. Nash with the knee into the cat. Nash, do it! Do it, Big Sexy! Jackknife powerbomb! He doubled him up! Kevin Nash! That's what the cat gets for interfering. He's not even the commissioner tonight. He's just a Cisco lookalike. Goldberg can't do anything. He's handcuffed to the rope. Oh! Oh! Hey, my God! He broke out of the handcuffs! He broke out of the handcuffs! He broke cold steel! Unbelievable! With your strength! There's a bet! Oh! There it is! He, and he stopped the baseball bat. It's Goldberg's title win right now. Goldberg has his eyes on Vince Russo. Concentrate, Goldberg. It's the title. It's not Russo. Yes, that's what it's about. Now he's got to get out, and Goldberg will be the champion again. This is it, Tony. Nobody can stop him. This is Goldberg's night. He's just mere feet away from being the world champion. If he walks out the door, it's over. If he walks out the door, it's over, Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg is right there. Wait, wait, what was that? Wait, wait, who's that? Who is that? Is that, is that Bret Hart? It is. Yes, it's Bret Hart. Bret Hart slammed the door on Goldberg's head. Goldberg had a run. He was a foot away from walking out, and now he's out cold. Scott Steiner can win, but Jared picks the belt up. Jared picks the belt up. He throws it in the ring. They got Goldberg. Who's got the belt? What in the world's going to happen next? Well, they're going to punish Goldberg.
Bret Hart slammed that door on Bill Goldberg. Wait a minute. What a moment. No, Kevin, what are you doing? Wait a minute. What are you doing, Kevin? Who's going to be the champion? It could, be, could it be Russo? Could it be Jarrett? Could it be Nash? Wait a minute. They hugged each other. Nash played for the right team after all. Nash played for the right team. There was another Russo slam. The master plan has paid off for Vince Russo, for Kevin Nash, for Jeff Jarrett, and for Scott Steiner to let a war game. He stepped over to Nash wins. Nash wins. It was a